from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 24 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined with my co-host, Dean Rule, for another Victory Tuesday. The, the fourth straight Victory Tuesday for OSU. Second straight game where they put up 40 points, Dean. Um, what's going on out there? It's two 40-point games? It's it's crazy, Juwan, that the second half, I guess it's not quite a second half turnaround, a uh, third of the season turnaround um, after a pretty rough start. But yeah, they're they're kicking. They're they're they've got the wheels churning ahead of this this bedlam game that they're going to be playing in uh, this weekend. And hey, it's going to be it's at least going to be warmer than it is right now. I think it's like 38 degrees in Stillwater right now. Uh, okay oh no not that bad 46 it's cold out there though juan i was not ready for it this morning when i left the house um and hey we're coming at you on halloween too juan right happy halloween there's gonna be some kids out there grinding it out in the the (laughs) sub 40 degree weather by the time they they hit the streets are you doing any trick-or-treating dean sadly those days are over that that was <laughs> favorite holiday of mine growing up. Does it? All right, here you go, Juwan. Did off the top of your head, we'll do a little Halloween uh, opener. Do you have a favorite costume you've worn all time? Oh, for sure. I was. I think when I was like eight years old, I went as Spider Man. Oh, yeah! Come on, Juwan. Everybody's been Spider Man before. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have I didn't have a lot of costumes just because I don't know I was never that big big into Halloween like that so my my costumes were a little bit boring what about you I remember I was like 5 or 6 remember I got a uh, a dinosaur costume which I thought was <laughs> the greatest thing ever so that well, that pretty- for sure is the is the number 1 on the power rankings well, as you well as you said, we're we're a little older now, so instead of doing some trick or treating, we are working and putting out another episode of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. So, hey, that's that's how we're celebrating Halloween. But enough about enough about our childhood dreams. They want to listen to us talk about. <laughs> they want to listen to us talk about Oklahoma State's forty-five to thirteen win over Cincinnati Saturday, and it was a good game for for the Cowboys. I mean, 35 of those points come in the second half. Dean, what are kind of some of your big picture thoughts from from Saturday's game? You know, I think it's just we saw a lot of trends continue that that um that that you saw with OSU throughout this four-game winning streak and that's Ollie Gordon has the ability. He he has the I don't want to say it's a unique ability but it's definitely something that's uncommon. Um, his ability that he just gets stronger as games go on and, and as defenses eventually get worn down, um, he's really able to take over games. And that's why I think you see a 35-point second half because that game was a lot closer than it probably should have been going into halftime at, at 10 to 7. And, and, you know, weather was not ideal. There was, you know, it was wet, it was cold, um, but you probably would have expected OSU to be up a little bit more going into halftime, but but they leaned on Ali Gordon. 
the defense kind of did did what they needed to do to to shut down Cincinnati. And the end result is something we haven't seen yet this year from OSU, Juwan, and that's they were able to dominate a game. Um, like, like this is the first easy win OSU has has come by in a lot of ways because of that second half uh, with Holly Gordon getting going, Alan Bowman doing enough, and, and it results in a what's that point differential, Juwan? Twenty. Oh, geez. 32 points. 32 points. That took way longer than it should have. Uh, 32 (laughs) points. Yes, they win by 32 points. Um, And you haven't seen OSU win a game by that score differential at all this year. So uh, for for sure, a good performance. And I think it gives OSU a chance. And I can't believe I'm saying it, Juwan. This gives OSU a chance especially after this upcoming weekend, uh, we can start talking about a conference championship game, Joan, which I don't think anybody would have expected a month ago. Not at, not at all. And we're going to talk about that at length. I'm pretty sure later in the pod, and I mean more later in this week, but kind of sticking with Ollie Gordon, it's something that you talked about Saturday in the post-game pod, and I had named the pod that, but Ollie Gordon finishes with 271 yards, 211 of those come in the second half. And in the post-game pod, you said Ollie Gordon has kind of arrived a little bit at that superstar status. Can you kind of explain to can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? And do you truly believe that Ollie Gordon is a superstar right now? If Ollie Gordon is not a superstar right now, I don't know who is. Um, okay. I think the one the one reason you would not give him superstar status is he hasn't done it long enough right if we look at the past month you can say oh yeah superstar superstar numbers um you know i mean he went from three carries against south alabama i think he had 19 rushing 19 rushing attempts through the first three games of the season and despite that, Juwan, he is leading the country, not just the conference, not just OSU's team, the entire country, entire FBS, you know, that's 133 teams. He is the leading rusher, which is mind-blowing when you think about how little he was used early on. Um, but still, I, I don't think you've seen it enough. I think by the end of the year, we can... At the rate he's going, yeah, we'll be able to anoint him superstar status by the end of the year. His numbers, when you're leading the country, you know, and I think he's leading the country in rushes of 20 plus yards, and he's scoring touchdowns, and he's and he's doing, he's setting all kinds of records right now. You know, when you win the National Running Back of the Week award for three consecutive weeks, Juwan, uh, I, I don't know the <laughs> last time that happened, if it even has happened. Uh, I was trying to look that up earlier today. I couldn't find a definitive answer on that. But point being, um, you're doing something right there. And, and that's why I say he is a superstar. I say that with just a twinge of hesitancy because you probably want to see it just a little bit longer than, you know, a, a five-game window. Um, and Mike, you know, I, I think he can say I'll say I'll say this, John. Ali Gordon has arrived, right? Like he is here. 
Perfect he is, words. He is shown he can do it. And then I think if he continues to do this, which I don't, there's no reason not to have confidence that Ali Gordon could continue to do this. Then I think you say bona fide superstar. Um, you know, every single coach wants him. Just to elaborate on your point a little bit, I mean, he starts off the season against Central Arkansas, seven carries, then nine carries, three carries. In those three games, he totaled 109 yards combined. Since then, 121, 136, 168, 282, 271, most recently against Cincinnati, becoming just the only other back with Barry Sanders to have back-to-back 250-yard games. Is this his ceiling? Like, what is, is this just a magical run, or is this really who Ollie Gordon is expected to be? I think it, it's it's part part of it is a a magical run, um, but I don't th- I don't say that to to like take away from what he's done. I don't mean like, oh yeah, I don't mean it's a magical run in a negative way. Like Mm -hmm. what he has put together is a magical run. I think he will continue to do that. And so yeah, the expectation, I don't think the expectation can be 282 rushing yards a game. Um, (laughs) Look, Juwan, I'm not good by any stretch of the means at Madden, but I don't know (laughs) if I could even do that in in Madden. Uh, (laughs) I would have to run the ball every single play. And and oh, she was not giving Ali Gordon the ball every single play. So point being, that is a clip that I think will be almost impossible to keep up. So that's why I say it's a magical run what he's doing. But I think Ali Gordon can be, you know, 150 rushing yards. Like what he did against Kansas, I think is is a or yeah against Kansas. What he did against Kansas, I think, can be what the expectation is with Ali Gordon because he's got the frame. He's got the elusiveness. Um, I think the speed. Mike Gundy said something pretty interesting uh, after the game on Saturday. He said Ali Gordon has competitive speed. He's not going to be the fastest guy out there. You know, he's not running a a 4-3, but he's got the ability to 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 really he uses what he has as best he can to his advantage and and, and it works it works for the way he plays um so point being you take all that wrap it up slap a bow on it that i think is the ollie gordon experience it's it's more what he did against kansas than what he's currently doing now um I say that, and you know, just watch. He'll go for like 250 yards against OU, and and I look like an idiot to <laughs> one. But yeah, yeah, I I think it's magical run. I say that in a positive way, but the expectation is going to be, Ali Gordon is one of, if not the best running back in the country right now. I think another underrated stat is in 141 carries, he only has one fumble loss, one fumble total. Um, we talked about last week with just taking care of the ball. I mean, that's a that's a very key underrated stat there. But someone else that you mentioned on the pod on the post game pod, where a lot of people may have not known a lot about him coming into the game, was um, Leon Johnson the third. He comes in as their leading receiver with five receptions for 149 yards. Just talk to him. Just talk to me a little bit about him, Dean. Yes, I think Leon Johnson was 
I probably put it in a story somewhere back in January. I thought Leon Johnson was the most intriguing transfer portal pickup they had this season or this offseason. Um, if I had to rewrite that, I would probably say Justin Kirkland is the most intriguing <laughs> transfer portal prospect. But Leon Johnson, point being, was such an interesting case because you've got a guy who was a D3 All-American, you know, 1,200 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns last season, six foot five, got that long, lengthy kind of athletic build. Um, and so he's got like, you look at the intangibles and the numbers and you say, oh my God, this guy could be a superstar. Um, but the question was always, he's coming from the Division three level. How is that going to translate? And that's why you didn't see him or you didn't hear his name for uh, seven games because it was always, I don't like to use the word project piece in college football. That feels more like an NFL label. Mm-hmm. You know. but, but point being, he needed some, you know, the, the, there needed to be some conditioning work, some, uh, you know, he needed to get adjusted to the power five level. That was always going to be the thing. And that's why I think that the red shirt, you, you know, red shirting him this year was always a strong possibility because give him another, you give him an entire year at the power five level. And then you see where he's at next year, but they have so many injuries all of a sudden that he needs to step up out of necessity. And you see what he did, you know, five receptions, 149 yards, he made some pretty contested catches. He used that body, not just vertically, but horizontally. You know, he, he's able to reach out if a pass is a little off base. He's able to reach out and get it. He's able to go up and get it. And and you really kind of wonder uh, what this is going to look like down the back or the, the tail end of the season because uh, he, he looked the part, Jawani. I think he had... I asked Mike Gundy about it yesterday. I said, is Leon Johnson, was he brought in as a deep ball player, right? Like that was going mm-hmm. to be his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And Mike Gundy said it, it was a part of it, but it's not the main thing. Um, he, he just, his frame was was so interesting. And I think he saw, it got highlighted against Cincinnati. Now it's going to be, what does that look like? Um down these last four games. And just to, just so we can briefly just touch on it a little bit, um, obviously the offensive line has been playing at a much higher level with a running back that has accumulated as many yards as he has. And Alan Bowman is kind of doing Alan Bowman is kind of doing what he needs to do, even though he um threw an interception Saturday. What have you kind of seen out of them the past couple of weeks and I guess specifically Saturday? I mean when you talk about impressive turnarounds Juwan. this has to be i mean this is the the nucleus of how osu has been able to fix this season is is that offensive line and it was there was always this sense that they could pull it off but you just never saw it with this group right i think the biggest thing that they have going for them is just their their age most of those guys are redshirt seniors or i think there's, I mean, there's a couple redshirt juniors but point being 
OSU has a bunch of veteran guys. They finally got healthy. And then you put them out there and it doesn't look great through the first three games. Uh, but but they're able they're, they're able to figure it out and, and they've turned that around and, and that's led to, like you mentioned, Ali Gordon doing what he's doing and, and Alan Bowman having the uh, you know pocket presence and, and able to have that protection to to for the most part make good throws. Um, and so yeah, when, when you talk about why this offense has been able to suddenly turn it around, it's the offensive line getting that push. Um, being able to protect, being able to pass block, run block, and and it's resulted in Ollie Gordon doing what he's doing and Alan Bowman doing what he's doing. So it's it, it's the, the the nucleus. I think that's just one. That's the only way to say, Juan. This is the nucleus of their turnaround. Is is what that offensive line has done, and and as for why they were able to turn it around, um, the, asking around, it, it, they they simplified the the playbook a little bit. They, they've cut a lot of the, the extras off and they said, you know, we just want to be great at these three or four things. And I think that's really helped in in them cleaning this up and being where they're at. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, um, as you talked about earlier, I mean, this was probably one of the more probably the most complete game that OSU has played this season. A large part of that was some of the defense. You gave your defensive MVP vote to Nicholas Martin because he led the, you know, led the team in tackles. What did you see out of that unit Saturday? It, it was just another strong, I won't say strong because there, there were, there were still some mistakes they made. Um, and yeah, we, we talk about it every week, John, when you're young in the secondary, it's going to happen. You're not going to have a, a perfect product there. Um, and I think a, a strong part of the, of the secondary was um, Cameron Epps getting his third interception of the year, Jawan. Like that is mm-hmm. a he, he's really stepped up and, and he's done what he does. And, and Nicholas Martin is becoming such an impressive product that. You don't want to put him in the Malcolm Rodriguez category because that is such a, I think, sacred category for OSU fans. <laughs> but looking at, uh, looking at Malcolm Rodriguez's numbers through the first eight games versus his numbers in, or compare and comparing that to Nicholas Martin's numbers for the first eight games, they're pretty similar. And I know they're asked to do different things, and, and that can lead to stats being more comparable um, when, when you look at 2021 versus 2023. But but point being, if you want to talk about a guy that I think not that nobody expected it, no, not that nobody expected him to be good this year, but I don't think many expected him to produce as he is and play such an important role as he's doing right now. And, and those two guys, I, I think, have been, you know, when you, you look at this defense and you say, there's a lot of young guys. There's a lot of inexperienced guys. A lot of them are stepping up right now, but also what is this going to mean for your future? Like how does this impact your future? Because when we talk about the defense, Juwan, and we've had these conversations many times this season, I think you need to look at it more from a long-term perspective than just a, a short-term, uh, you know, here's what they did. That's good. That's bad. I think it's more you've got a lot of new pieces, a lot of young pieces, and and how this is almost like a 
obviously they want the defense to play well, but this mm-hmm. feels more mm-hmm. like a figure out what you've got and then let's see where it goes next off season. Um, but, but yeah, the, they put together a good game and, um, OSU was not facing off against the most consistent quarterback in, in Emory Jones. I think he only, I mean, he only completed six passes, Juwan. That's not going to win you a lot of football games. Yeah. <laughs> or keep you close in a lot of football games. But yeah, it, it was another another good performance. That they didn't let up the big play as much as they have in the past. But uh, Cincinnati's offense has been struggling in Big Twelve play. So I don't know how much stock you want to put in a game like this for the defense. You know, right? I mean, despite the inconsistency of Cincinnati's offense, you still hit the nail on the head about the youth of this defense and what you can expect in the future moving forward. Combine that with this being Nardo's first season as the defensive coordinator here. Just kind of give us some reasons to be excited about this unit as we move not only later into the season, but just moving forward in this program in the coming seasons. Yeah, I think when you break it down, um, the secondary is where you would start. If you... So I'll say this, John. This is this is very much a conversation for or or a topic to to really dig into after the season. For but, sure. But uh, well, the topic I'm about to bring up, and that's can you retain everybody? Right? Like the mm-hmm. the, the roster yeah. turnover, it's it's here. The transfer portal's here. You are not going to go unscathed. No team will. Like this is the truth of it. Um, and so I so I bring that up because you say. Well, you look at the secondary and you say, okay, all these guys are playing well. You know, they're getting they're getting playing time, they're getting experience, they're getting, you know, they're they're learning, um, and that's great. And you can say, well, in, in two years, that's going to be great. But then you also have to have the conversation of, okay, well, are you going to be able to keep everybody? Like, like that. That's why I think roster management is that part of of college football today if i were a head coach would be the most daunting thing because there's so many reasons people might leave or or stick around or whatever it is but let's not go too deep down into that john because we have december to (laughs) point being i'm going to i will play the optimist and say let's say everybody sticks around the things to be excited for are You've got a young secondary that's starting to to really get experience, starting to play well, and you hopefully, yeah, I guess if you're an OSU fan, you would eventually hope the big plays go away. At linebacker, you've got Nicholas Martin, who who is like the prototype middle linebacker you want out there. Colin Oliver, you know, he, he, he let's see, he's a junior. I, I guess you could say you know, I don't think he would try to leave for the NFL, but that that's just my speculation. I don't know anything, Juwan. So me saying that don't don't take any stock in that. Just let's speculate he comes back um for another year, which I assume he would do. That that really kind of anchors down at your, your your linebacker spot and then at middle line or on the line, you're you're exp- you got a lot of experienced guys. You got a lot of veteran guys, but you've seen somebody like Deshaun Brown and Jaleel Johnson play really well there, and they're both redshirt freshmen. 
So there's a lot to be excited about with the youth and with Brian Nardo. Um, now I think it's just about making sure that you continue to build off of that momentum if you're OSU, because if you've got somebody like, if you've got Con Oliver and Nicholas Martin at linebacker next year, you're going to win a lot of football games. That that If that is your core at defense, that's great. You know, I know we have all offseason to talk about this, but I heard something very interesting on the broadcast that I wanted to bring up on the podcast today, and that was there was something that came out about Ollie Gordon possibly moving on from Oklahoma State next year. I heard them I heard them bring it up on the on the broadcast Saturday. What do you think about that? They brought that up on the uh the ESPN two broadcast? Yes. <laughs> I think Oklahoma look. now keep now Oklahoma State was still According to the little poll, Oklahoma State was still Ollie Gordon's number one destination. That's what they predicted next year. But they have team they had schools like Georgia and Alabama in there for next year. Yeah, I think I mean Here's why I say, Jamon. <laughs> this is the college football everybody wanted. You know, ten years ago. This is what everybody wanted. Um and I think there's been a lot of good stuff to happen in college football and there's been a lot of bad stuff to happen in college football. But um I think it's it's something that you have to if you're a coach, it's probably in the back of your mind, even now. Like transfer portal season is still, let's see, we're about to be in November tomorrow. So you're still a good month away from that. But it's probably in the back of your mind because, yeah, would you say, Juwan, they had like Georgia and Alabama on there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to have like the, the, the heavy hitters, the blue bloods. You, you have to worry about, you know, being poached from there. And, and you don't want to become a development team. You know, you, you don't want to become a uh, farm system for, for a blue blood. It's, it, I mean, I, I don't know what is going to happen because the transfer portal is the transfer portal. Um, you know, Ali Gordon seems happy here. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he seems happy to be at OSU. It, it's a legit question because now all eyes are on him. You know, this is no longer like, when he has the two performances he had, yeah, it becomes you're going to have a lot of teams that that are probably very interested in bringing on somebody like that. Yeah. Um, it's it just comes down to you know what what does Ali Gordon want, and, and I guess we'll find the answer after that uh, in the next couple of months. Well, I just want to I just want to throw that quick tidbit at you, not trying to bring down the mood of any OSU fans. We have. Plenty. We have plenty time to talk about that, and with Bedlam on the horizon, if if nobody had had knew yet, the um, kickoff time is two thirty Saturday. Um, will be will be televised on ABC. Um, but before we get out of here, do you have any final comments you want to make, Dean? I don't think so, Juwan. We uh we covered quite a few things. I think we're good. We're gonna have all kinds of. We're gonna have, we're gonna deep dive on OU. We will. Yeah. We will deep dive on. We will deep dive um, on OU later this week in our in our game preview podcast. And Dean, I have plenty of content out for you guys this week. And maybe we'll even be joined by the the guys at the OU Sports Extra podcast to kind of break down some of Oklahoma stuff. But we'll we'll see it then. But 
for right now, we appreciate guys. We appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of the OSU Sports Extra podcast. Remember, podcasting is free. To download our podcast is free. You can get that wherever you stream your podcast: Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever that may be. And we'll see you guys again Thursday. Thanks.